We here. It's Don Chen's The Wolf Mentality Podcast. It's pretty damn lit. Uh, long Wolf. And what up, Wolves, Don, Chens, and, and, oh wait, Josh isn't here, I'm all alone, talking to nobody. Uh, Joshy Poo, my co-host, he texted me earlier this week and said he didn't think he could do the show because, as he said before, he is in law school and has tests and papers and exams and all that stuff. And I told him, you know what? I think you getting your law degree is more important than this podcast. You are free to take a leave of absence. So Josh is not with us right now. It is just me. I am doing it solo. Throwback to when I first started the podcast and I did the Thursday episodes alone for like a month. It really sucks. You're just, I'm looking at the cameras in front of me now, but there's nobody to talk to. It's no way to get any energy, no feedback. I could say something and there's nobody responding and I'm talking to myself. This really sucks, but I'm doing it anyway because I got that wolf mentality. Thank you for listening. Speaking of that, and I say this beginning of every show and I'm not just saying it as a routine. I fucking mean it. So do what I say. Subscribe, rate, review, all those things, but share it. Just share it with people. People are always asking for podcast recommendations. They're asking, you know, like looking for things. Oh, I want something funny. I want something like this. Just share with people, like for real, because you got to spread the word, got to grow the audience. You know, I put a lot of work into it. Josh has been helping me. And, you know, I've been getting good guests on the show. My last guest, Abton, I still can't say his name and I feel so fucking bad about it. Ab- I'm, I don't know if you want to try it again, but Abton was super interesting. I had John Allen before, the CEO, uh, founder and CEO of Ivory Ella. He was super interesting. Like, I've been getting good guests and I have more coming. So I think there's a lot of value people can take from those. And then some people like these episodes where they're more funny, uh, or at least I try to be. And I think it's good. And I think people, if you are, have been listening and we've had the number of people listening has been consistent throughout. Um, so to me, that means I think people who are listening are coming back and they're enjoying it. Uh, we just got to keep it growing. So that probably falls a lot on me because I need to find ways to market it and get the word out there and get people to notice it. Um, but also it's, I need, you know, some of the wolves and the people listening to spread the word. So if you could do that would be super swag. So I was saying it's hard to speak to nobody. Not only is it hard to speak to nobody, it's hard to speak to nobody after work. I am dead inside every day after work and I have no energy. I don't sleep very much. Most people know that I don't really sleep. Uh, I get up early, go to the gyms in the morning so I can record this after work. So stay up late, wake up early, sit in a desk like a fat sedentary man all day, get super tired. I have to overdose on caffeine just to, I still shouts out ice red eye gang. If you're not, if that's not what your coffee order is, you're dumb Ice coffee shot of espresso. If you don't know what that means, but I have to slam one before every podcast. I took extra caffeine pill because I was so tired and I'm talking to nobody, which is making it way, way, way worse. Uh, I don't know if this is going to go as long as normal podcasts, but 
I'm going to go for as long as I can talking to, I'm looking at, I don't know if I should look at the, there's a chair, there's the camera. I feel awkward staring directly into the camera. I don't know what to look at. I just like look out into space, but I'm going to go for as long as I can, but I'm super tired and I've overdosed on caffeine. So I might talk fast, but I also could fall asleep. I really don't know what's going to happen. We're going to find out. I also do laundry after this and I'm, that's stressing me out because laundry is the absolute worst. I, my old apartment, I had it in the building and it was, I used to always say I hated laundry until I had it in the building or in my apartment, like in my actual apartment, I had it in my last apartment for this one. And it was actually sick. I literally enjoyed it because you can just at any moment, just go boop, put something in, no matter how many things you could have a full load. You could have just a couple things. You could just have one thing. You just want to run it in the dryer, try and get out the wrinkles and you can just do that. Now it's a whole fucking process. At least I have it in the basement, but I got to go. It's kind of, uh, go back and forth. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just stressing out about that because it's going to, it's just a waste of time. And then the stupid washer and dryers here are so damn expensive. It's $3 a wash and $3 a dry. There's only two washer and dryers in this building. It's they're super small and barely even fit a full load. The dryers suck and don't even dry it. Well, there were rats down there recently. I literally almost got attacked by a rat a few months ago. So uh, yeah, New York city is super dope. Pay a million dollars to have your laundry, do your own laundry every day. I'm pretty sure even like the, there's the services that'll just pick up your laundry and they'll, they'll just do it, fold it and deliver it to you. And it's not even that much more expensive than what I'm paying now. So I probably should just do that, but I'd rather just torture myself, I guess. And also people in New York, uh, I'm recording this soon after the great squall of 2019. I never knew what a squall was, but everybody's phones are going at the office today before I left. And it was all these alerts saying there was the, a big squall, which we looked up and apparently it's like a snow tornado. And, uh, Obviously, they kind of made it seem like it was worse than it was, but some people I saw posted pictures and videos, and it's like a just look like a big dark wall of like a cloud or something just coming at the city. It looked kind of cool, but if you survive, shouts out to the squall survivors because who who would have thought we would have made it? Oh man, I'm so tired. This sucks. Um, okay, okay, okay. What do I want to talk about? I'm looking at my phone. We're almost at Christmas. We're almost at New Year's, so everyone's thinking about their New Year's resolutions. I was thinking about, I started, uh, I had, I'm had i big into putting notes in my phone, so I made a note, just titled it 2020, and just wrote all the resolutions I want I wanted to do, and blah, 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 and in the middle of it, I just laughed at myself and realized how corny it is that I'm going to do it every year, I do it every year, even though every year I realize it's stupid because... Everyone does that. Everyone acts like their life is going to, oh, I'm going to, yeah, as soon as this date happens, my whole life is going to change. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to really, I'm going to work out and I'm going to get a new job and do this and I'm going to pursue my goals. And yeah, like everything's going to work out. Next year is my year. And then by mid-January, you stop doing all those things and you're back to your normal habits. Uh, I do that and so does everybody else. But it's just funny that we all, we all think that, oh, you know, this is my year. Like every single person in the country, in the world, is like, next 2020 is my year. And now we even got the decade too. It's like, oh, this is my decade. Like the 20s, I'm going to dominate the 20s and guarantee by the end of January, you're going to be doing the same shit you're doing today. And it's just, it's funny how you think just because a date changes, that that means something is going to happen. 
or like you're going to magically turn into a new person. Like you're going to be the same person. So I still did it. I still wrote out my resolutions. I still, should I even, what do my resolutions say? I don't want to say all of them. Some of them might be embarrassing. Yeah. They're like meditate, drink a gallon of water, like dumb things like that. Stuff about the podcast and content stuff, content, hashtag content. Yeah. Just, it's stupid. I'm literally going to do a quarter of this stuff. I'm going to do half of this stuff after the new year. And by February, I might maybe do kind of sort of do one of these things. Like read a book at least once a month. I le- read, no, read a, at least one book a month. I'll probably read a book in January and then I, I might finish two books the rest of the year. That's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. God, this is so shitty. I need someone to talk to. I need to like take the pillow and dress it up like a person, give it like googly eyes or something. I need, to, I need but I needed to react, so I might not even help. Ooh, I also have my work Christmas party tomorrow. Well, today, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, I have my work Christmas party today, and I'm kind of nervous about. I don't like going to work functions that involve drinking. I used to do it more often. My company hasn't done it as much. The work uh, Christmas party, I feel like I ha- I'm obligated to go. Although it's not even called a Christmas party. It's not even called a holiday party, as a matter of fact. They just call it the end of the year party. So I guess even saying holidays insults people. So it's the end of year party I have today, if you're listening, when it, this episode comes out. And I just really don't like, I really don't like work parties because I, one, I'm scared to get drunk in front of my coworkers. So I do everything I can. The second I start feeling drunk, I just run away because the last thing I want to do is embarrass myself. And I have done that before. So I've learned my lesson, but I think, I don't know what's worse. Actually, embarrassing yourself is definitely probably the number one concern, but almost as bad is seeing some of your coworkers embarrass themselves. Cause I'm like really bad with secondhand embarrassment and there's always that danger, like you're gonna see somebody puke, or there's always like older dudes that'll start getting like handsy or say weird stuff to the women, or like you don't, you never know what's gonna happen, and you only know these people in a work setting, and it's just everyone tries to act professional and they act a certain way, and you're not seeing what everyone's really like. You're seeing just only what they're like in the office, and then it once people start drinking and they're you know. The alcohol starts flowing. They let their guard down. And then it's kind of like, oh, oh, like Timmy's doing, I don't know. You just, people could be like weird and they could be angry drunks. They could just say goofy things or start telling the truth. God forbid you tell the truth about how you feel about somebody. And I don't know. It's just a lot of things could definitely happen that I don't want to see. So sometimes if someone like I view as a superior is doing something embarrassing, I'll just leave because I'm like, I can't see that person act like embarrassing themselves. One, it makes me uncomfortable too. Then I got to see them the next day after seeing them embarrass themselves. And that's very awkward. Yeah. There's always somebody that gets too drunk. You just can't be the person that gets too drunk because then everyone's talking about you. It's like the story because there's always like after the work party, there's always some story that's going to come out of it that people are going to talk about, like something eventful. And you don't want to be that eventful thing. You want to be the most uneventful person at your work party. So that's what I try to do. So if I start feeling drunk and I feel like, oh, I might be eventful, I dip out right away. You also, I also get free food at mine, which is pretty sick. 
So I'm kind of going mostly for that, getting the free dinner. It's going to be subpar food for sure, but free food is free food. So I'm not going to turn that down. I'm going to go. Who knows how long I'll stay. I'm nervous. I got to watch how much I drink. And I got to watch if someone starts embarrassing themselves. Ah, I got to leave before they start embarrassing themselves. Because once they do start, I'm going to want to stay and watch. And then I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel secondhand embarrassment from watching them embarrass themselves. So yeah, anything else? Oh, I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a joke about, I went to my, I had my first Brooklyn comedy show experience the other night. I was going to kind of do a little bit thing about it and just talk about how it was, how it was. Um, but it was so, I've told what happened to a few people and it's so weird. It's so weird that I can't explain it. One, in a way that people can fully understand how weird and crazy it was. And two, make it actually, it's like so weird. I can't even make it funny because it's like, you just can't even envision in your head what I'm saying. Like you had to have seen it. So I got, I was like, I don't even know. Should I even say it on the podcast? But it was weird. Like I've heard from other podcasts I've listened to and like other comedians talk about it. They just talk about Brooklyn comedy is very different than, you know, if you're seeing comedy pretty much anywhere else, especially I was in Williamsburg, which is the hipster capital of America minus maybe Portland, Oregon. Um, but it's, it's not, it wasn't, there were some stand-up comedians, you know, some I was there to see and they all did a good job, but then it was awkward because, you know, there, it seemed like they're not there for stand-up. They're there for weird performance art stuff. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, it, it's weird. I would, if you live in New York, I would advise seeing comedy in Manhattan. I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, I guess I'll, tr I'll try to paint the picture of one. So one, by the end of one of the, I don't know if it's called it. I don't know if it would be considered a set because it wasn't like a stand-up thing. It was a kind of a performance art thing. Um, but by the end of it, this young woman got the crowd involved. And by the end of it, there were four people piled on top of each other, all trying to fit into a small box that was too small for even one person to fit. And the four of them were like fighting to get into said box. There was another girl playing dead while another guy pretended to do CPR, but he was obviously too awkward. Like he's not going to act like he's kissing her. So he was just like kneeling next to her. There was a guy and a girl singing old town road in front of everyone sitting down and then the woman who was performing was running and doing sprints around the room, kind of yelling, putting chairs on her head. I don't even know if that makes sense, but that's what I was looking at. I don't know if that, it's not, it's not even funny. It doesn't make sense because you can't envision it. It just, it was the weirdest thing. And there were other weird things too, but that was probably the most notable. That was the most uncomfortable I felt in a long time. And I always thought I could move to Williamsburg. It's like, oh, you know, it's trendy. It's cool. Like that's where all the white suburban people who think they're hip and, you know, want to rebel and be in their own little bubble. Like, oh, and I was like, yeah, I could be weird. Like, I don't want to be normal. I want to be different. Like I can move to Brooklyn. I can move to Williamsburg. But I realized that night Williams Williamsburg is not meant for me. Maybe somewhere else in Brooklyn, but not there. I'll just stick to visiting during the day, maybe going out at night, but I don't think living there is the place for me. I felt very out of place and didn't really get some of the things I was watching, but the actual stand-ups were very funny, but I was 
yeah, it just, it was weird. We're going to, I don't even know. This isn't fun. This isn't entertaining. This isn't funny. It wasn't, it ended up being entertaining though, only because it was so weird that it made it kind of entertaining. But at the same time in the moment, I was super uncomfortable for, I would say 75% of it, but it was a very interesting experience. Very interesting, I guess is probably the best way to explain it. All right. Anything else? I have four news topics to get to. Oh, actually, my my mom told me my mom told me the last episode. She's like, "Oh, you need to complain more." Even though she always yells at me for complaining to her, but she said I need to complain more on the podcast. I think she was joking, but this is something I complained about because it was pissing me off this morning. I take I take the train from Grand Central. I bitched about that a million times. And they're just people. People just don't like when you walk. It should be how you drive like just get in the lane you get on the right if you're going you get on the right side people come the other way or on your their right your left and everyone has lanes for some reason around grand central that just doesn't exist and it's a lawless place and everybody who's coming out of grand central i'm trying to go in everyone who's coming out spreads out as far as a humanly can takes up the entire sidewalk so i gotta bob and weave through all these people they can't make a the tiniest room for me to walk it's a nightmare and it takes it's just i'm trying to hit people like running people over because i'm always late and i'm so i'm in a rush and this happened today and it happens a lot and it makes me so fucking mad i'll be i go through the turnstile in the subway and i'm trying to go down the stairs there's two escalators both going up on the outside in the middle of the stairs so to go down you have to take the stairs and there'll be people who then they're like, they don't want to, there's the four lanes on the uh, escalators aren't enough. So people start walking up the stairs. So now I can't even get down the stairs because people are coming up the stairs that are meant for the people going down. Then once I finally get down, there's another big set of stairs and everyone coming off the train just spreads out and makes it so nobody can get down the stairs. So I'll get on the right lane like a normal human because I understand, I have common sense. No, I should just be on the right and everyone else should get on the right. So I, I walk on the right to try and go down and there are people like all the way out over to the left just completely blocking me and then i walk towards them and they look at me and they're shocked that there's somebody coming the other direction as if all stairs are like one way like nobody ever goes downstairs everyone's coming up and they look at me with the dumbest confused face and it makes me so mad like like, I, like, why are you making that, like, why are you looking at me like I'm doing something wrong? I'm going down the stairs, get out of my way. And this morning I was late. I was like, there was a train that was already there when I got down the stairs and I was like, oh shit. And I started to run and I hit one person. My, I have a messenger bag. It swung behind my back because I hit the one person to my right and I just drilled a girl in the face so hard. And I couldn't even, I was so in a rush that to get, hop on this train, I didn't even turn around and I was like, sorry, and just ran in. And I barely made it, but I didn't even stop. I, so I hope that girl's okay. And if she's not, I'm sorry. But I had to get to work, and you were in my way. And I had to do what needed to be done. Whew, I feel like I'm talking fast. It's like... All right. Okay. I'm going to get into topics and news stuff, and we'll see how long this takes me. Biggest news probably that happened yesterday, if you're listening today for me talking. 6-9, Tekashi 6-9. For people who don't know, 
is a rapper with tattoos all over his face. He was facing 37 years for conspiracy, attempted murder, conspiracy to distribute heroin, multiple firearms related charges. Um, yeah. So, and he snitched on everybody involved. It's been happening for the last year. And he was doing that to get his sentence reduced. Everyone was speculating that he would get time served, meaning the last 13 months he's been in jail would be enough of a sentence and they'd let him free. But the judge had other plans and came down and said he has to serve two years. Um, but those two years is really with the 13 months he's already been in there counting his time served. So he really has 11 months left and he's going to get out at the end of 2020. So pretty much a year from now he'll get released. But the judge, his name is Judge Engelmeyer. He, well, he had two funny quotes. One, he said, I appreciated the memes. So I guess he was using, he was trying to use his chance in the spotlight to be funny and he was trying to make jokes. So he said, totally appreciated the memes. But this was the best quote. He said, you, you are, well, you are world famous for cooperating. No gang will want to work with you. <laughs> like, congratulations, sir. You are famous for being a snitch and nobody will fuck with you when you're free. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, if he had, like, he couldn't have done, like the judge couldn't have dumped on him any harder, really. He was like going through, he was like, yeah, like, I just don't buy what your lawyers are saying that, because I guess his lawyers are arguing that, you know, he just got, he was in with the wrong crowd and he got involved and he couldn't do anything about it. And he was like, I don't believe that. Like the gang was never involved with anything and like they weren't committing crimes against rappers until you were there and you were ordering hits on people. So I just don't buy your argument. You were directly, you were causing a lot of these things. And he just kind of goes, I was reading a bunch of some dude was live tweeting what the judge was saying and the judge is pretty much just dumping on him just like I don't buy your argument like you're an, like you were an asshole you were being this you were doing all these wrong things like you were selfish you were immature you were wrong and then at the end he was just like but you snitched on literally everybody so I got to take that into account <laughs> but you were a good boy you were a good boy and you snitched who's who's a good six nine who's a good six nine you were a good boy you were a good Takashi and so I had to take that into account it's pretty much what he said that's how I read it but might not be verbatim what he said but so and it, I don't even think he said two years but the time serves he only has 11 more months it's really not that much different he was acting like oh no I can't let you off now I'm going to keep you in there for 11, 11 more months. Like that's really not that big of a deal. But I do think that that 11 months is going to negatively affect his career. Because I think if he got, I think he had momentum. I think if he was, got freed today, then he, he, I think if he got freed, cause like the case was going on, like it was in the news then, and then there was suspense. Like people weren't, people speculated he would have gotten time served and let off right now, but they weren't sure. So then if there's like suspense, oh, is he going to get let off? And they're like, he's let off. And then he gets out, he's free and the press is all over him. And then he goes and he makes a song. I think that song would have broken every streaming record possible and it would have blew up. And he, cause he, he was supposed to be, in, he, they offered him witness protection uh, because he snitched on all these people in a gang and took an entire gang down. And now there obviously people are going to want to kill him because snitches get stitches. 
and he has tattoos over his face. He's a very identifiable person, but he declined it and wanted to have 24 hour security and continue his music career. So if he did that and he got released now, I think the next song and album or whatever music he made would have blown up and he could have been just as big, probably bigger, just because he's in the news. And he has the momentum of like, oh, he just got free, like blah, blah, blah. I probably can't talk about the same things he's talking about before. He's talking about gang stuff and he just snitched on an entire gang. But I think he would have been bigger if that happened. But now that people have to wait 11 months, I think it's going to die down. And we also now, know, we know the date, so there's no suspense. There's like a hard date, like he'll be out by this time. So I'll be like, oh, he's going to get out soon. Like he'll get out. It's not like he has a dedicated fan base. Like people just find him entertaining and funny, but people aren't like, ah, there might be some like big six, nine fans, but I don't think it's as much as the percentage of like the people that like that streamed his music is probably low in comparison to other artists. And I just think by the time he comes out, He'll still probably be a little popular. People will check and listen to his new stuff, but I don't think it'll do as well. And I think his streaming numbers will start to dwindle. But I guess we'll see when that time comes. But I I think that even though it's only 11 more months, I think that hurts him a lot. The only benefit he has, though, was back around the time where he the news came out that he declined witness protection he his old record label he signed a deal with his old record label I forget what's called uh 10k 10k projects 10k something uh they signed him to a two album deal one of the albums was supposed to be in spanish for 10 million dollars so i guess since he signed that deal if that's true story that's if that's not fake news fake news media if that's a real story then he's pretty much guaranteed $10 million. So I guess from his perspective, no matter what, he's getting $10 million. Everything after that's icing on the cake. So maybe the extra might be less, but he's still making out with $10 million. So I think the label's kind of stupid by sign. They were definitely assuming that he was going to get time served and get out. That's what his lawyers recommended. That's what the prosecutors recommended because he cooperated because he was such a good little snitch. Who's a good six, nine. Who's a good Takashi? He was such a good boy, but they gave him another year and I don't think that uh, maybe the label didn't anticipate that. So I don't know. Maybe people will still think he's sick and he'll be the man, but people definitely don't care about the snitching thing though. Like it's funny to make a joke about it, but I think times have changed where, and most of the people that like him are probably 15 year old white kids who have no understanding of that kind of culture that they just don't care about the snitching at all. He's a rat. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. So he's in jail for another 11 months. I've actually been bumping his music all day to get hyped. I regret to admit that. I'm embarrassed to admit that I do kind of enjoy his music. He's not good. That's one thing, though, is that I get mad when people are like, oh, well, he sucks. Like, he's not. I wouldn't say he. he's not, like, good. Just because you're not, like super talented doesn't mean you can't make good music. Like I think he's talented in some respect because I think he's able to make good music. I think he's more so talented in his ability to be entertaining and market himself. And he knows how to kind of like use social media, manipulate people to be interested in what he's doing. And I think he's a smart dude. People usually say like, yeah, he's a pretty smart guy, but 
people are like, oh, well, he sucks. Like, he's not a good rapper. Like, yeah, he doesn't rap as good as Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, or obviously not Tyler, the creator, because he's the greatest musical artist of all time, and everybody knows it's a proven fact he's going to win a Grammy this year. But that doesn't mean that he can't make songs that people enjoy, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Who's a good 6 9 All right. What's next? What's next? I'm going to screw this guy's name up. This was Kumail Nani Johnny. <laughs> Nani. Did I write that right? Nani Johnny? What? That can't be right. Kumail. Kumail. Nani. Hani or jo- Nani Johnny? He's a. All right. Kumail Nani Johnny. That's what we're going with. He is a comedian, stand up comedian. He's a. Indian, a Pakistani, American Pakistani stand-up comedian, it says. Uh, he was on, I know he was one of the main actors on Silicon Valley, which is a great show if you never watched that. I don't, I don't think it's Salon, right? No. That's a, that was a good show. He's been on other movies and stuff like that, but he's set to be in a new Marvel movie. I forget who he's supposed to be playing. Somebody in the Marvel movies. Uh... I'm doing a bad job of this. He's supposed to be in a Marvel movie and it went viral. He posted a picture of him looking absolutely yoked. And if you know, you should look it up. If you know what he looks like before, he was kind of like, he wasn't fat, but he was out of shape. He had kind of a chubby face. He looked just like a, I mean, he played a nerdy guy on Silicon Valley. So he was like a, you know, a nerdy Pakistani dude, not in shape. He just had a not like muscular body. And then he posted some picture where he's just veins popping out of everything and was just absolutely yoked up and had like a chiseled jawline and stuff. And it went viral. You should look up the pictures, the before and after. Uh, so he's doing that in preparation for this Marvel movie. And my thoughts, steroids, all the, I am so jealous of actors who play these roles because you just get turned into a machine. Like you really don't have to do much. Like you have to put in the work. You don't have to think. Like they give you a trainer. They give you all the steroids. You don't even have to inject your, your own ass with the steroids. They inject your ass for you with the steroids. You just get absolutely yoked. You get fed exactly what you're supposed to be eating. So you have to think about food. And all you have to do is just work out. That is my dream. You're getting paid millions of dollars to just get ripped and they give you every tool you need a great trainer a nutritionist they cook all your food they give you all the workouts to tell you exactly how to train and they inject you with steroids in your ass that's that is my dream life and it's all so that you can play a badass superhero in a movie that's going to do billions of dollars its opening weekend i can't think of anything that's cooler than that that's I would that, sign me up. I would do that. I would do that for my current salary, for sure. Like I would put my body through that. Like I would just do. I would do that. I would do that for nothing. That'd be my dream. And I'm jealous. I'm jealous of all actors that get to do that. Although I'm not jealous of when guys like Christian Bale, like when he makes himself 
like skin and bones that just doesn't eat for a role. That's crazy. I can't believe like you got to respect actors that do that. Because I mean, getting Jack is like, or like I think Chris Hemsworth is on the two. Like he was fat and he got jacked. Is it Chris Hemsworth? Maybe not. Somebody else. There are other people who have done that though. Where they've gotten like they weren't in good shape and they got jacked for Marvel movies and shit. But it's like, who would be like, oh, this sucks. Like, I don't want to be, have six pack abs and be yoked up and get paid millions of dollars for it and get way more famous because I'm in a huge movie. Like, everyone want to do that. But then you got people like Christian Bale. I forget what movie that even was for. This is why I need Josh. He has his laptop and he can look things up. I don't want to look things up because my computer is recording me. But that's sick. Like, to get jacked. But being like Christian Bale for, I can't remember the movie, but everyone definitely knows what I'm talking about. And will probably text me when they hear it and be like, oh, it's this. But like where he had to get like super skinny and look just sick. Like that is such a commitment. I don't, I don't know what my price would be to do that. I think it would depend how long I'd have to do that for too. See, I had to do that three months. You probably have to do it. It's probably like filming takes like a month. I'm going to say three months, and that's definitely conservative. Three months, how much to pretty much starve myself to get skin and bones for a role, how much I have to get paid to do that would probably be really not that high, I guess, because I'm a broke boy. I guess five mil? Five mil I would do it for? After taxes. Fuck Uncle Sam. After taxes, five mil? I'd probably do that. But for the getting jacked and getting someone to inject your butthole with steroids, dude, I would do that for 50 G's. I would do that for 20 G's. I would do that for nothing. Free. Free. I would do that. So respect him because he's still got to work hard. Kumail, respect the hell out of him because he looks great. Not going to lie. Looks great. But, I mean, come on. Anyone could do that. But yeah, maybe I'll put a... I should put start getting in the habit of putting links. But... It's pretty viral. So if you've been on the internet in the last week, you should have seen that picture. Okay. This is a great story to talk about. Well, it's a weird story. Very similar to Jussie Smollett's story, if people remember that. So there was a 16-year-old girl who was kidnapped in the Bronx. Everyone got Amber Alerts for it. And there was video that was online from, from, blah, from some nearby security camera that pretty much got it was video of is like a very black and white blurry video but there's a girl this 16 year old girl and her mom i think it was her mom walking through the bronx i don't know if they're holding hands or something they had umbrellas and all of a sudden you see a car slowly pull up and four dudes hop out they just grab the girl drag her in the car the mom you know flails her arm shows the umbrella tries to do something Obviously, she just gets shoved to the ground and the car drives off. It's a very scary video because, you know, normally it's like, oh, watch out when you're walking alone. It's like, especially if you're a girl and be careful and you get Amber Alert. Obviously, that's scary. But the video made it more scary because, you know, she was with somebody and it was at night, but it wasn't like a sneaky thing. They just like, you know, grabbed her, just like snatched her. So it was kind of scary and it was big news and everything. But then it came out later that she was then safe like the next day uh she just turned up at a nearby park from where she was kidnapped 
And there was no real word about what happened or how she, like, if she got away, if they got rid of her, if anything, she was okay. They said there's no, like, nothing happened to her. Um, so they were like, oh, she, like, they found her, like, the next day. And she had, she had walked herself to the police. But then it came out later that night that she apparently staged the whole thing. So the story is that she staged it just like just, just like Jesse Smollett. Except Jesse didn't admit it, even though it was really obvious. This girl admitted, I don't, I don't know why she admitted, she admitted that she staged it because she, her mom was too strict and she wanted to run away, but didn't want to just like run away. So she faked this whole kidnapping thing. But then apparently the dudes who were in on it and there's nothing about who those guys are, but the dudes that were in on it that grabbed her, they saw the Amber alert that I mentioned and saw it was all over the news and it was a huge story. And I guess they panicked and said, screw this. And just like, I guess they kicked her out of the car or something or like, screw this. We're not doing it. You know, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. So one is it's very similar to Justice Millett, like I said, but the main, my main thought about this, well, there's a few things. One is, this is a 16-year-old girl in the Bronx. I'm not sure how much disposable income this girl has to pay people enough money to commit this crime in front of her mother and kidnap her and potentially get themselves in trouble. Like, how much could she, and not only pay somebody, but there's four people. So how much money could this 16-year-old girl have paid these guys to do this? Like, I was just saying, like, how much would I take to starve myself for a movie role? How much, you would have to pay me so much to go kidnap somebody in the middle of the street in front of their mother. And I can't imagine a, and this girl, like, she's was living in a middle, like, a not great area of the Bronx. So I'm making an assumption that she's not loaded with cash. So how much money could she actually, and I think there were, like, older dudes, like, it would be, they weren't, like, I mean, I don't know. But how much could you possibly pay four people out to make it worth it for them to do that? And then they're saying these guys panicked, they saw the Amber Alerts. Like, do you think nobody would give a shit? Like, do you think you're just going to go and you're going to snatch? You're going to have four dudes pull up on a girl and literally rip her away from her mom, toss her mom to the ground and drive off. And they're going to be like, oh, shit, that's it. We'll see ya. Like, I guess my daughter's gone. And then just nobody will give a shit or the cops will look for like 10 minutes. But, ah, can't find her shit. Oh, well. <laughs> like, you're shocked there's an Amber Alert and you're shocked that it's on the news. <laughs> like, I, I just, if you're if you're going to go and then... Why is this girl telling on herself? Like Jesse Smollett, I said he stuck to his story at least. Stick to your story. If you're going to go through all the trouble to fake, to fake and like stage you getting kidnapped in front of your mom, you can't even, you're not even just like disappearing and just be, and then people assuming you got kidnapped or you're just missing. You set up a whole thing to get kidnapped by four dudes in front of your mom. And you didn't think that far ahead, like you're the, the, the guys who were in on it, you didn't think far ahead into people might be talking about it, it might be on the news. You were unprepared for that to happen. And like the girl just rats on herself. Like I think once you make that decision, sorry, I'm going to get kidnapped in front of my mom. 
I think you need to stick to that story that, hey, mom, I got kidnapped. I don't think I would, if in this scenario, if I was a girl, I would walk back to the cops and just be like, yeah, actually, I faked the whole thing. Like, I don't, like, I don't know if they even suspected that. Like, why, like, at least 6ix9ine, he snitched on himself a little bit, but he was really snitching on other people. Why are you snitching on yourself? That makes no sense. You go down with that lie. You die with that lie. And think about now, think, think about how awkward that Christmas is going to be with that family. Think about how miserable your family Christmas is going to be that the week before Christmas, your daughter faked a kidnapping that was a national news story because she didn't fuck with you and was like, my mom is too strict. I need to get the hell out of Dodge. I'm going to fake it and kidnapped. And you're going to sit and eat like open Christmas presents there. If I have no respect for this mother if she gives her daughter a Christmas present. If I found, if I was a parent and I found out my kid faked an entire kidnapping with the Amber Alert and the cops had to go looking for and had to make everyone so upset and all that stuff, and I found out you faked the whole thing, there's I I'm gonna just look at you and be like, you know what? Just leave, run away. I'd rather you like I want you to run away now. You are such a selfish asshole. Such a selfish asshole. Bleh. Selfish asshole. Say that five times fast. Selfish asshole. Selfish asshole. Selfish asshole. Selfish asshole. Selfish asshole. I wasn't. That, I couldn't do it. Like that's crazy. I would be so pissed at my kid. You're such an asshole. And it's just stupid. Once you make that decision, you are committed. You can't change your mind. And I don't think the dudes got found, or I don't know if she snitched on those guys yet. I don't know if she's six nine to the. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if she's 6'9", those guys. <laughs> Ooh, maybe she did. I don't know. Actually, I guess I shouldn't assume that she did not 6'9", those four gentlemen. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even mean to do that. I got 40 minutes. Yo, this is solid. Good job, Chens. Thanks, Chens. Do you have anything else on that? Yeah, that's all I really have on that girl. Dumb. People are so dumb. Also, that's why kids are dumb. This is why kids suck. Well, that's why I don't want to have kids. Kids suck. They're unappreciative little assholes. Yeah, I would I would kick I would be like, yo, start your countdown the second you're 18, you're living on the streets. Figure it out. Okay, last thing. Last thing that I'm outie. J.R. Smith, this came out this morning, yesterday morning. If you're listening on Thursday, it is Thursday therapy. You should listen on Thursdays for therapy. I should figure out a way to get people to me be their therapist. I should That should be a new content idea. Yeah. I'll put that in the tickler file. J.R. Smith, who is not on a team right now, I don't think. I think he's a free, free agent NBA player. J.R. Smith, his wife... Uh, what's his wife's name? His wife's name is Jewel Harris. I don't know who she is, but J.R. Smith's wife, Jewel Harris, calls him out for alleged affair with Candace Patton in Instagram prayer. So I don't know who Candace Patton is. I think she's an actress on TV, on the show. Yes, The Flash. I don't know what The Flash is, but she's Candace Patton, the girl that J.R. Smith allegedly had an affair with is an actress on The Flash. And then his wife, and then J.R. Smith's wife is Jewel Harris. <laughs> so Jewel Harris, 
went on her Instagram and prayed. She did a prayer on her Instagram live about J.R. Smith cheating on her with Candace Patton. She mentions J.R. and Candace by name. And this is my favorite quote ever. I could not, I'm just going to read, this is an excerpt from a complex article where I first saw it. And this was so, this was, I couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) This is what she says in her Instagram live prayer. God is mad wild, she said. There's a lot going on. Help me, God. So as I was taking Demi to school, I think, De- I guess Demi's their daughter or something. So I was, I was, as I was taking Demi to school, God was like, yeah, you're going to pray and you're going to post it. She then proceeded to pray and mentioned J.R. and Candace by name. Okay. Yo, Jewel Harris, if that is your real name, there is absolutely no shot you said a prayer to God and God was like, yo, what's Gucci Jewel? Yeah, word. You should actually go say that prayer on your Instagram and go post it. Get to get that content up. Like there's an absolutely no way. There's no way God is like, hey, I'll go put it on your Instagram. God's wild, man. He told me straight up like, yo, Jewel. All right, swag. Hit me once you go live, Jewel. I'll see you. I'll talk to you later once you're on IG. Uh, that's really it. It's not surprising from J.R. Smith. Everyone who follows the NBA knows J.R. Smith's kind of a wild dude. And I just looked at Candace Patton. She was pretty hot. So I don't know. But I feel like if I feel like if you're that, if your wife is that crazy that she's going on Instagram live to pretend to say a prayer just to out her husband as a cheater, I feel like she's probably kind of weird and annoying. So I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay, that's all I have. So shorter podcast, but I talked to literally nobody. So clap for me, clap for Don motherfucking Chen's for being able to talk to nobody for 45 minutes, 47 minutes of talking to nobody, nobody. This is going to be so bad. This is the worst thing is like, I can never figure out when I record if it's good or bad. Like sometimes I'll be like depressed because I think it sucks and I listen back and ends up being good. Sometimes I think it's good and ends up being bad. This, I don't feel like it's too bad, but I think I'm really caffeined up. So I just feel like real good, but I feel like I'm going to go back and listen and I'm going to cringe. It's going to be bad, but we'll see. But I had to give the people the podcast. Uh, like I said, Josh busy with law school and he felt bad about it and was very apologetic. And I was like, I think I would feel guiltier if I negatively affected your ability to do well in law school for a podcast. So don't worry, I'll figure it out. So I figured it out and I just I was going to do it dolo. And I'm, I'm that's the lone wolf thing I feel like is I uh, am speaking it into existence. I'm just going to end up, I'm just going to be alone forever. Um, all right, that's it. Uh, shouts out to everyone for listening next week since it's Christmas week. 
taking the week off. There's going to be no podcast next week. Tuesday is Christmas Eve. So I don't think anyone's going to be listening, even though I have to work a half day. The only day I'm working next week is a half day on Christmas Eve. Pretty booty cheeks, but got to do what you got to do. Um, I guess that's it. Please, like I said subscribe and rate and review and share it. Just share it. I hope if you're, I hope when I have guests on those episodes, typically stream better. I get, they get higher downloads because I get the current audience and I get the audience of that person. Uh, so telling those people, Hey, subscribe if you're not, because I assume there's a lot of new listeners listening, you know, people who like that person I'm interviewing, but might not have heard my podcast before people listening to these, I feel like are the typical podcast listeners. So, if this is the case, if you're a normal listener, if you're a regular wolf, you better be subscribed. You better have given a five-star review. And if you don't want to do that, Apple Podcast app, just scroll to the bottom of the episodes on the page. Search the page. Search Wolf Mentality with Don Chen's. Hit the page. Scroll to the bottom. See the stars? Hit the one all the way on the right, and that's five stars. And I need that. I'm at 70-something. Let's get 105 stars. I need 105 stars. That'd be sick. And what else? And share it. So I assume everyone's, I hope that everyone has given it the five stars and is subscribed or follows on Spotify or whatever platform you use. So now that you guys have all done that, because you're good wolves, because we're all in this together. uh, So I hope you share it with people and would really appreciate the effort. Because like I said, I work pretty hard on this, even though... You know, I'm sure a lot of people find it annoying. I've been unfollowed by a lot of people on Instagram because I guess they find it annoying, which is understandable because I'm just posting about my podcast and all these things that most people didn't sign up for when they first followed me, but I'm working hard on it. So anyone who has been supporting, I appreciate it and I love you and I would appreciate it if you supported just a little extra by sharing with people who you think would enjoy it. Shouts out to the wolves. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I don't know what Hanukkah is, if that already happened or not. Whatever holiday you celebrate, big shouts. Shouts to all the wolves. Wolves. The wolves. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you, I guess, maybe the week after. Maybe not. I don't know what the New Year thing I was going to time out. But next week is off. Enjoy the time off. Let's go, wolves.